Amen. There's one that works. All right. How's everybody doing this morning? Awesome. Man, I feel an energy in this place today. I don't know about you, but I think you guys came prepared today. I know I did in my heart, and, and man, I just feel the presence of God in this place, and it, it's an awesome thing. I'm so excited to be here today. You excited to be here? Yeah. Come on. Well, Isaiah, he, he may be 30 today, but I think most times he comes off as uh, 13, somewhere around there. <laughs> yeah, that's my brother-in-law, the 13-year-old 30 guy. Well, we're in our last week of our series, Relationships. Have you gotten something out of this series? Have, have you gotten something out of this series, Relationships? Amen. Amen. I know I have. Uh, especially a couple weeks ago when our pastors, um, we had that little interview session. I know that I love seeing transparency. I love being able to see into our pastors' lives and them, and, and them be honest. You know, don't you want to see people who are honest? You don't want to see somebody who's wearing a mask or putting on a front. You want to see the truth. And we've seen that, and I know I got a lot out of that. In fact, I got more than you got out of their relationship. I got their daughter. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I got their daughter. I got the best part of their relationship. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm so excited and I'm honored um, to be able to have the opportunity to present the Word of God to you today. And uh, we don't take this lightly when we come on this stage. This is a, a huge burden. It's a huge honor. It's a huge opportunity uh, to be able to be filled up with the Word of God and, and then let that flow through us into you. And so I'm believing for God to do something awesome in you today. I'm believing for an opportunity in life change and, and letting go of your past and moving on to the greatness of the future that God has called you to. And I'm so excited about that today. So let's pray real quick. God, I pray that your, your Word would come forth with power and authority and transparency, God, that, that you would pour into our hearts the seed that you would allow to grow bigger than we could ever imagine as we continue to water that through um, our prayer life with you and getting in the word of God. I pray that you would just uh, do work in us like never before. God, I pray that your word uh, would just be so bold today. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're talking about relationships, relationships, and, and we use that kind of um, metaphor because when you're in uh, a ship, you've got a crew of people. Uh, when you're on a big boat, when you're on a sailboat, you've got a crew of people who have to work together, who have to communicate together in order to accomplish what you want to get accomplished, right? In order for you to get to the, from point A to point B, you've got to work together with this crew in order to move to the next place, to get to the next point successfully. And uh, Allie and I, when we were on our engagement day, she had no idea, but the day that I was going to propose to her, we were in Inner Harbor, Baltimore. It was a very special place to us because it was where we had our very first date. Uh, beautiful place. If you've never been to Inner Harbor, Baltimore, go check it out. It's awesome. they got some great places to eat, great view. It's just a cool place. Um, but she had no idea, and I had prepared um, this sunset sail. I'd been in contact with a captain, and I said, listen, here's what I want to do. I want to uh, propose to my wife, but we want to go on a sunset sail first. She had no clue, and so I, I told the captain, I said, just pr pretend like you have no idea what's happening. We're going to go down and look at the boats. You guys are going to be pulling in, and I'm going to start up a conversation with you. 
and you just pretend like I've never met you before. I've never talked to you before. And so I'm having a conversation with this guy. Uh, I was like, Allie, let's go down and look at these boats at the dock. And she's like, all right, cool, let's, let's do it. So we, we walk up to um, this guy, and they're, they're docking their ship. And I was like, hey, did you just come in from a sail for the day? And he's like, yeah, yeah, we've been out sailing this evening. And we had a conversation just about, you know, what they were doing. And it was a false conversation. It wasn't real because he knew it was happening. I knew it was happening, but Allie didn't know. She had no idea. And so um, I asked this guy, I said, would you be interested in giving us a, a, a ride? Could, could we go on a sail this evening? He's like, yeah, we could probably work something out. And Allie's like, you have got to be, you don't know this guy. He could be some psychopath. <laughs> Who's going to bring us into the hull of his ship and do God knows what with us? She's freaking out. I mean, she's freaking out. And I'm like, that's cool. It's fine. Let's, let's go. Let's go in the ship. And he had um, these crew members with him. So it was like three against two, if anything were to go down. Uh, and Allie can hold her own. She had two brothers. She, she can hold her own. But three against two, I don't, that's a little bit unfair. Uh, but we get on the ship, and this crew is working together. The captain is shouting out orders, and, and they're cranking the lines, and they're putting up the sail, and, and they're, they're talking and saying this lingo that I don't even have any clue what it means, um, but they do. They know what's going on. But imagine with me if this crew and this captain, uh, if, if there was a, a, a miscommunication in there. Imagine if this crew put on some headphones, they were listening to their favorite music. If, if it was me, uh, I'd probably be listening to some, some Coldplay. Coldplay is my favorite secular artist. I love Coldplay. Coldplay is awesome. If I was um, choosing to listen to some worship, I would probably put on some Power Place worship. I don't know about you, but I would, I would definitely throw some of that on, maybe some elevation worship in the mix. And if you're Isaiah, though, you'd be listening to like Justin Bieber or, uh, or One Direction. Do they even make music anymore? Something, something like that, you know. Hey, to each his own, right? But imagine they have these headphones on and they're listening to music and, and they're, they're missing the communication as the captain is shouting it out. They're not listening because they're in their own world. They're doing their own thing and, 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 and things are getting all tangled up and messed up. And imagine if there was a storm that came on and this captain was giving orders, but they weren't fulfilling those orders because they couldn't hear. They were distracted. They were missing the communication with one another, and therefore things would happen that they didn't intend on happening. They would be struggling, struggling to get from point A to point B. They'd be taking on water. There'd be things breaking. The sail wouldn't be going up at the right time, and it, it, it would be chaos because they're not communicating. And what I've learned in my relationship is communication is number one. You've got to communicate or things are going to get messed up. Am I right? Am I right? That's free. That's free this morning. This is actually not my sermon. I just was giving that to you for free. Just wanted to explain about some boats and some ships. And uh, it takes a crew that communicates to get through life together. It takes a crew to get from point A to point B successfully. Have you ever uh, faced something in life that wasn't easy? That should be every single hand or somebody's lying today. We're in church. We don't lie in church. <laughs> That's for outside of these walls. No, I'm kidding. You've been through something that's difficult. It's not easy. I think of several things that come to my mind. Number one, um, have you ever tried to rub your belly and pat your head at the same time? Come on, I see you doing it. Uh-huh, I'm watching you. It's hard, man. That's difficult, unless like you're a drummer and then you just, you, you got that down. I, I always want to, I think I want to do this. 
every time. It's hard. That's the, let me see you do it. Let's see. Who's successful? Oh, wow. A lot of you guys. Oh, some of you just look silly. <laughs> I should film this. That's awesome. What about this one? Have you ever tried to lick your elbow? Well, let's, let's try that one. It's not working. Can anybody successfully do that? No. What about this one? Could you, could you touch your tongue to your nose? Anybody can do that one? Let me see that. Anybody? Ew, don't pick your nose with you. That's gross. We're done with that one. Let's move, move on to the next one. What about putting your leg behind your head? Can anybody do that? I will spare you that physical visual today. I'm not going to attempt that. That's for a later date. We can do that later. And here's, here's the one that's most difficult to me. This is near and dear to my heart. And I struggle with this, man. Whew, I struggle with this one. Consuming just one Oreo <laughs> is probably the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. It, that takes some self-control, man. Just, just eating one Oreo, especially if they're double stuff. Because that's what I love. I love me some double stuff Oreos. And it's hard. It ain't easy. And that's the title of today's sermon today. It ain't easy. Can you say that with me? It ain't easy. It's hard. And one of the things that we're going to talk about, actually the main thing we're going to talk about today, that is probably the most difficult thing that, that we face as human beings, and that's forgiveness. Forgiveness. It ain't easy. It ain't easy. One of the hardest things we will ever ever go to. And I would encourage you this morning, if, um, if you're dealing with unforgiveness right now, um, or if you're not, it doesn't matter, please take notes today. Please take notes, because whether you're dealing with it now and you need to go back and reference that on a, on a daily basis to remind yourself, or in the future, I guarantee you, you will deal with unforgiveness. And this will be a great tool for you to have to go back and say, all right, this is how I do it. Here's the steps that I can take to forgive. So please take a note. We've got some pins uh, in the seat back in front of you, and I encourage you to steal that. We're giving you permission to steal that pin. Uh, we don't have these pins here just for uh, cool branding or, you know, something that we can have just hanging out there in the back of, uh, of the seat. This is for you to use as a tool to take notes, to invest in yourself, and then to turn around and give to somebody else and invite them. This is a great way to do it. You, it's easy. When you're uh, writing out a check or um, if you're at an event and, and you see somebody needs a pin, hey, I got a pin, PowerPlace pin, check it out. Come join me this Sunday. That's a tool for you to invite somebody. So please uh, steal that pen and take notes today. Definitely encourage that. Um, I was really struggling uh, this week on, on, on trying to figure out what direction to go with this. What verses, what scriptures, what stories do I focus on um, about forgiveness? And I struggle with that because there are so many times in the Bible that it deals with forgiveness. And, and, and I came to this realization, this revelation that, that maybe God put it in there so many times because he knew how difficult of a task this would be for us. How difficult of a thing this would be for us to grasp and to understand. And so, so it reoccurs so many times in the Bible, I believe, because God says, I want you to know this. I want you to remember this. I want you to be reminded of this on a daily basis because it is so important to forgive. And so today, I'm going to be honest with you, we're going to go all over the place in the Bible. We're going to go everywhere. 
Because I want us to really get, I want us to really understand, we need to be reminded over and over and over and over again. And I've probably studied more for this subject, honestly, than I've ever studied in my life for anything. Because I understand the value and, in the, and the importance to forgive. I understand the struggle that it is to forgive. And so I wanted us to um, really have some practical things that we could walk away with today and say, all right, I can do this. I understand it. I grasp this, and, and I can make this happen. And, and in studying, I, I was listening to a lot of pastors. I was listening to a lot of podcasts and, and reading segments of books and diving into the Bible and, and um, just, just really trying to soak up every bit of, of understanding what forgiveness is all about and what that means and how to do that. And in doing that, uh, there was one pastor, his name's Pastor Chris Hodges from Church of the Highlands in, in Birmingham, Alabama. Fantastic church, fantastic pastor. But uh, he broke it down in such a way that it was so tangible, so easy to grab onto. And I said, man, I've got to implement that into this sermon today because it, it was just such a fantastic way for us to understand what it means to forgive and, and, and what the progression is and how we get there. And so what I want to do today is I want to walk through... Um, just a little bit about what this, this is and how, how we can do that. Many of us have come into uh, church today, and we've probably come to a point, if you're dealing with un unforgiveness, you probably came in here with this attitude, because I know I did. You probably came in and you said, you know what, I just don't care anymore. I just don't care. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to think about it. I want to push them as far away as I can. I want to push this issue as far away as I can. I want to throw up these walls as high as I can and just forget about it because I don't care anymore. And this is a lie that we buy into. And, and the reason why it's a lie is because it's a remedy that does not work. It doesn't work. And that's why you lay awake at night thinking about it. That's why you can't sleep. That's why when you're riding down the road in the car, you're thinking about it. That's why when you're at work, all you can do is think about it. It's consuming you. It's eating you alive. And we believe this lie that, that I don't care anymore, that if I push myself far enough away, that it's just going to magically disappear. And you've probably already discovered it doesn't work. It keeps coming back over and over and over and over. It does not work because you do care. You were designed to care because it's such a big deal, and the Word of God uh, states that clearly. It ain't easy. And this has probably been the most difficult thing I've ever done because I'm in the same boat as you. I'm in the same boat as you. I'm no different than you. I struggle with unforgiveness. In fact, just two weeks ago, I said the same thing. I was talking to Allie, and I said, I just don't care anymore. I don't care. And I, I began to feel numb towards it. And, and actually, this last week in staff meeting, Pastor Greg shared with us one of his life journal entries and if you don't know what a life journal is, this is a daily devotional um, that we use. We use a, a method called the SOAP method. And if you want more information on that, following the service, the connection bar, uh, one of our hosts can help you with that. We can hook you up with one of our life journals and, and get you started on that because it's a fantastic thing to do for your daily devotional. But he was sharing with us one of his entries, and um, I'm not going to go into detail about it, but one of the things that he was talking about was uh, leprosy. And the thing with leprosy is that it's this, it's this disease, it's this condition 
to where you become numb, your skin, your, your feeling becomes numb to anything that happens to you. So if you're walking and by something and you scrape your arm, you don't feel it. If you stub your toe, you don't feel it. If someone comes with a hacksaw and, and, and saws off your finger, you don't feel it. No, it's probably not that far. But, but honestly, you, you, you don't feel what happens to you anymore. And I, I said, you know what, I cannot, I cannot let myself get to the place where I become so numb that I'm hurting myself and I don't even realize it. Because that's where a lot of us get in this process of unforgiveness. We get to a point where we say, I don't care anymore. I'm going to become numb and just let whatever happen to me. And we're hurting ourselves in the process because uh, you do care. You do care. And here's uh, several steps, several phases, if you will, that we're going to walk through today. We're going to talk about what these phases are and how we arrive uh, to the point of unforgiveness. Um, it's such a, such a crazy thing, and, and, and this is probably something that you already know. I'm going to be saying these things, and you're going to be like, yep, absolutely, I know what that is. I've, I've experienced that. Absolutely. That makes sense. Um, and, and I want to I talk about these things, and then I want to give you a, a point at the very end of this that, that you may not have thought about. So the first phase that we go through is distance. There's something that happens between two parties where it causes distance between there. And this doesn't always have to just be caused through conflict. It's not always just conflict. A lot of times it is. But beyond that, it can also be caused through neglect, and the reason I know that is because if you take any kind of relationship, let's say our marriage, for example, and you neglect romancing your spouse, guess what? There's going to be distance that, that's created in between you. If you neglect spending quality time with your, with your spouse, with your significant other, there's going to be distance that cr that's created because you're neglecting to invest into that relationship. If, if you have a, a buddy that you grew up with on the same street all throughout life, and then at college you decide, I'm going to go here and they're going to go there, and you don't continue to develop that relationship, you don't continue to call them and you don't go and visit them, guess what? There's going to be distance that's created because you've neglected to develop that. So not only just conflict, but, but um, through neglect as well. And there's distance created. The next phase that we go through is the phase of throwing up walls. So we've created this distance from, from the other party, and now we begin to throw up these walls. And the danger with throwing up walls is that it not only keeps the bad people out, but you're keeping the good out as well. And a lot of times what we do by throwing up these walls is we just begin to isolate ourselves and push everyone away, including God. And we find ourselves miserable hiding behind these walls, being pushed so far away from that other party and throwing up those walls so high that we become isolated and miserable because we've thrown up walls. And then the next phase that we go through is the phase of escalation. And, and this is where the problem that was, was probably... Uh, relatively small to begin with, has now blown up out of proportion into this thing that we can't even control anymore. We can't even handle it. And at the process of escalation, this is what happens. Uh, we begin to belittle the other party. And the reason why we do that is because if someone has done something against you, if someone has brought harm against you or, or into your relationship, then you see them as being up here, that they're on top. They've, they've gotten ahead of you. And so we begin to belittle them so that we can bring them down to our level. Why? Because misery loves company, right? So we begin to belittle them to their face. So we begin to talk to other individuals and, and belittle them because you want them to be on the same side as you. You want them to view them the way that you view them. And we belittle those individuals 
and it escalates out of control. That's the third phase that we go through, and the next phase we go through is the phase of false belief. And this is so, 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 so dangerous because this is where the enemy has a heyday. Because the enemy, Jesus says, is the father of lies. He says this in John. The enemy is the father of lies. And and here's what happens with the false belief is we begin to read more into the story than what's even there. We begin to have these conversations with ourselves, pretending like we're answering like the other person. We pretend like we know what they're going to say. We, we know what they're going to do. And, and we get all worked up inside of us because we're creating the situation that probably doesn't even exist. We take this minuscule issue that can be dealt with and we create it. We, we take a mountain, or a molehill, and make it into a mountain. The small issue, and it escalates out of control until we begin to have false belief. And then other people bring their opinions in. They bring their ideas into the situation, and they might, they might not even know the whole story. And let me tell you this. Don't believe everything you hear. Please, don't believe everything you hear. Have you ever played the game telephone growing up in school? What happened? The teacher would tell the first person in class, and then they would whisper to the next person behind them, and it would go all the way through the class until it came back to the teacher, and it would be this, this discombobulated, mangled mess that didn't even remotely look like what the teacher first told the first person. And it's because we go through this series of people saying, did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? And we bring our own ideas, and, and people bring their own interpretation into it, and it blows out of proportion into this big mess that doesn't even remotely look like what the situation first was. Don't listen to everything you hear and believe it as truth. Because the greatest weapon that the enemy has is lies. And that brings us to The last phase and the last phase is the phase of hostility. The phase of hostility. And you may view that as as the condition between you and the other party or you and the other individual, but that's not the case. Hostility is the condition of your soul. It's in you. You may have hostility towards someone, but it starts in you. The hostility is in you, not between you and the other individual. The hostility starts inside of you. It's a condition of your soul. And even when you're not around that person, it robs your joy. It steals your peace. It takes pieces of you because you've allowed it to grow into something that it never was in the first place. And here's here's the realization that I want to give you this morning. This condition, this progression that I just explained to you, this is the same condition that we were in before we found Christ. This is the exact same position we were in before we found Christ. And here's how I know that. Paul tells the Ephesians in in chapter 2, verses 12 to 14, he says this, remember. Why would he say remember at the very beginning? He's saying remember because we have the tendency to forget. This is why it's repeated so many times in the Bible. He says, remember that at the time you were separate from Christ, without hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ... You who were once far away have been brought near. And what does it say here? This is so interesting to me. You've been brought near. Why? Because of what I did? Because I came to God and I said, God, I did wrong. We were the ones who nailed you to the cross. We were the ones who crucified you, and I'm wrong. And and I just want to say I'm sorry about that. No. It says we were brought near by the blood of Christ. That means Jesus did it first. He took the first step to us before we even deserved it. 
It wasn't us coming to him and saying, oh, we need this, Lord, so I'm sorry. Forgive me for what I've done. No. He did it first before we ever took any action. Our only action was the offense against him. And in return, he brought us near by his blood through his death on the cross. For he himself is our peace who made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. He obliterated the walls that we built up just by forgiving us first, by dying on the cross and paying the debt that we could never pay back. Okay, that's awesome news, but that begs the question, what does he want in return from us? What does Jesus want in return from us? And and here's what Paul tells Ephesians in in chapter 4, verse 31 to 32. All right, here's all you got to do. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. That's all you got to do. You got unforgiveness? Just get rid of that bitterness, rage, and anger. All right? Amen. Let's pray. No. It ain't easy. That is not easy to do. And then on top of that, he goes on to say, get rid of all this stuff and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. And here's the power in this phrase right here. Here's the power in the statement. Forgiving each other. Okay, how do I do that? Just as in Christ... God forgave you. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. How do I forgive? Just like Christ did. What are my steps that I have to take? Uh, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. This is what Christ did for us. He took the first step, and he brought us near by his blood. He said, I know you have a debt that you can't pay. That's okay that's okay. I'm going to go ahead and wipe that clean. You don't owe me a cent. You don't owe me nothing. Okay, that's awesome. I love love that we, we can see how Christ forgave us, but how do I do that? What are the steps that I have to take? How can I get from point A to point B to tell this person, to tell this, this group of people that I forgive them? How do I do that? And I'm going to give you three points today that I think will, will really help you get from point A to point B. I'm going to give you three quick points. And, and the way that we um, can understand how to forgive one, someone, I think the first point is this. To, to forgive someone, we've got to understand what forgiveness is not. And forgiving someone is not admitting, admitting surrender or defeat. You've got to get that. You've got to understand that forgiving someone is not admitting surrender or defeat. And, and some, somehow we, we get this idea in our head that, that if we forgive them, then we're letting them win. Or we're letting them off the hook or, or, or that they've got power over us. And that can't be further from the truth because here's what Jesus says. Jesus says forgiveness is for you. It's not for them. You're not forgiving someone for them. You're forgiving someone for yourself, and it tells us that in Matthew 6, chapter 6, verses 14 to 15, it says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. So what Jesus is saying right here is that if I'm forgiving someone, I'm forgiving them for myself, for God to do a work in me that he couldn't do otherwise unless I forgave them. Forgiveness is for you. It's not for them. You've got to understand that. 
Forgiveness is not admitting surrender or defeat. And we're also not saying that they're right. What that person did to you, what those people did to you was not right. You've got to know that, okay? It's not okay what they did. And you'll never be able to get back probably what they took from you. You may never get back your innocence. You may never get back the finances that you borrowed them or or the company that they took from you. You may never get back the reputation that they crushed from you. You You probably won't. It doesn't make it right what they did, but the forgiveness is not for them. It's for you. We think by, for, by not forgiving them that we're hurting them. And I know you, you've heard so many, so many uh, metaphors about this, and, and I'm going to give you another one today. We're talking about relationships, so I'm going to use a boat reference here. Imagine that I'm standing in, in my boat with my crew in my relationship, and the offending party is, is 20 yards away from you in their boat. And you say, I can't stand what you did to me. I can't stand the fact that, that you've, you've made me suffer, that you've taken these things from me. I can't stand what you did. And so I, you're going to suffer. So I take my big drill, and I'm standing on my boat, and I begin to drill a hole, and I'm just looking at them like, oh, you're going to get it. You are, you are, watch this. Have fun. What's happening? I'm sinking my own ship. And I, I'm thinking I'm doing harm to them. <laughs> and they're in their own ship doing their own thing with no hole in their deck. And I'm the one sinking. Louis B. Smeads, he puts it like this. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that prisoner was you. You're holding yourself captive. And Paul Bozzi says this. He says, forgiveness does not change the past but it does enlarge the future. Forgiveness does not change what they did to you. Forgiveness does not get back those things that that they stole from you. It's not gonna fix it, but it does enlarge the future because it allows the opportunity for God to move in you in ways that he otherwise could not because you chose not to forgive someone. It enlarges the future, and that's number one. We've gotta understand that forgiveness is not Admitting surrender or defeat. That brings us to point number two. We've got to gain a new perspective. Gain a new perspective. Listen, we will never, ever, ever, never, ever, never, ever have to forgive someone more than Christ forgave us. Never. I mean, think about this. Think about this. Jesus died on the cross. He paid the debt for our sins, for every sin that ever was, for every sin that ever is that's happening right now, and for every, every sin that ever will be in the future. Can you imagine the, the massive amount of sin that that is? Can you imagine? And Jesus Christ died on the cross not only for you, the offended party. He died on the cross for the other person, the offending party. He died for every single sin, and you will never have to forgive someone more than Christ forgave us. You just can't do it. It's not possible. Not even remotely close will you ever be able to come close to to forgiving someone more than Christ forgave us. We needed that forgiveness first. It says in Romans 3.23, you know this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It doesn't say some. It doesn't say the offended party. It says all have sinned. Every single one of us have sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. 
But it says in Matthew 10, verse 8, freely you've received, freely give. Freely you have received, freely give. We have to shift our perspective. Okay, how do we do that? Because all I can see, all I can see is the pain that I have and the pain that was caused by that individual or by those groups of people or by that party. All I can see is the pain. And the way we shift our perspective is by seeing things the way that Jesus saw things. And here's how Jesus saw them. It says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this, this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realms. Jesus didn't see those people who were nailing him to the cross, who were ripping the flesh off his back, who were pressing the crown of thorns on his head. He didn't see them as the enemy. He saw them as the victim that they were. It doesn't make it right what they did. It doesn't make it okay. But you've got to understand who the real enemy is in this whole game. It's not that person. Our struggle is not with flesh and blood. It's not. There are things going on in a realm that we can't see in the spiritual world where there are dark forces who are manipulating people. They're using people to to further uh, the enemy's kingdom, the enemy's territory. And we, the only power that we have over that is through prayer and, and spiritual warfare. We can't do that in flesh and blood. Anything that we do against someone is not hurting the enemy. We're hurting ourselves. It's not with flesh and blood. When, when there's disunity, especially in the body of Christ, who's really winning? It's not those offending parties. The enemy is taking ground, and it's precious ground that I refuse to give up. I refuse to give up. This brings us to the last point, and we're going to close down here pretty soon. Sam, if you want to go ahead and jump on the keys for me. This is the last one. Here's here's what we've got to know. Forgiveness is not admitting surrender or defeat. It's for you. It's not for them. We have to gain a new perspective. We've got to realize who the, new, the real enemy is. We've got to gain a new perspective. And lastly, forgiveness is not an event. It's a mentality. It's not a feeling. It's a choice. You are never going to feel like forgiving someone. You won't. If you're waiting on that feeling, it's not going to come. I'm just going to tell you right now, it's not. It's not coming. If you're waiting on a feeling to forgive someone, it is not coming. Because it's a choice. And when you make a choice, then feelings follow. Choices lead, feelings follow. You've got to make a choice. You've got to make a choice. And don't make it a one-day event. Because it's got to happen over and over and over. I guarantee you Jesus didn't feel like hanging on the cross for our sins. He didn't feel like dying that day. And you know how I know that? Because in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was praying to his father, he said, if there's any way, if there's any possible way, let this cup pass from me. But then he says some very important words after that that we've got to keep in perspective. Not my will, but yours be done. 
And, and you may be sitting here saying, God, if there is any way that I could, you could just throw down your thunder, throw down your lightning on these people. God, if there is any way that you can just let me cash them outside, how about that? You know you felt that way. God, if there is any possible way, let this pass from me. Let, let, let your vengeance come. Let me have revenge on them. Can I do it that way? But not my will, God. Let yours be done. And how do we know the will of God? By what his word says. We have to forgive as in Christ God forgave us. It ain't easy. And it says this in Romans 5, 8, it says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You may never be more like Jesus than when you forgive. While we were still sinners, Christ forgave. We didn't take the first step, he did. And so what does that tell me? That tells me I have to take the first step. I can't wait for them to come to me to say, listen, I was wrong. I'm sorry for what I've done. It would be great if that would happen, but I'm, I'm, I'm almost guaranteeing you it's, it's probably not going to happen. It would be great, but it's probably not going to happen. I have to take the first step, just like Jesus did, and say, you know what? I'm going to humble myself. This is going to be the hardest thing I have ever done, but I'm going I'm to say to them, I forgive them. I'm going to tell them, that I forgive them just like Christ did to me first. And listen, this, it's not an event. You can't say one day that, that all right, I, I decide I'm going to forgive them. And then a couple days later when you let it kind of well up inside you again, when you start thinking through those thoughts again and say, you know what, forget it. I'm going to take it back. This is not called for borrowness or for loneliness. It's called forgiveness for a reason. You're giving them someone that they, something that they don't deserve. You're giving them freedom. You're wiping a debt that they can never pay you back. They can't. They can't do it. You will never get back those things that we talked about. You won't get back your innocence. You won't get back that money that you loaned them, that company that they stole from you. You won't get back your reputation. They can't pay it back. And that's why it's called forgiveness, because you're giving it to them freely. Freely you've received, freely give. In Jesus' name. And forgiveness is something you have to do every single day. And it ain't easy. It ain't easy. You know why I know it's not easy? Because I just had to do it. I just did this. I was sitting in my office and as I'm, as I'm studying, as I'm praying, as I'm seeking God for his wisdom, I keep feeling the hard issues come up inside of me. I keep feeling the pain that I felt. And the last thing I wanted to do was tell those people that I forgive them. It's the last thing I wanted to do. But I knew that Jesus, when he died on the cross for us, that he took the first step. He took our place for a, for a, a payment that we couldn't pay, a debt that we, we could not cover. And he said, it's okay, I'm gonna do it first. I'm gonna take that first step. I know it's not easy. 
I sat there and, and I'm, I'm writing out this email and I'm walking through every single thing that God laid on my heart in this message today. I'm writing it out and I'm saying, I forgive you. I forgive you. I understand that this forgiveness is not for you, it's for me. So I'm not expecting a response. I'm not going to wait on a response from you. I'm doing this for me because this is what I know that God told me to do. I'm gaining a new perspective because I realize that you are not the enemy. And lastly, I'm choosing to forgive you every single day. This is not an event for me. This is a choice that I'm making every single day to get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. And I'm choosing to take on kindness and compassion. And I'm going to forgive you just in Christ. God forgave me. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done. And I just sat there and I, I bawled my eyes out because it was difficult. It was painful. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. But I knew that I couldn't come up on this stage and preach this message to you or else I would be a lying hypocrite. And I could not do that. I want you to know that, that, that we want to be real with you. I'm not here to put on some show, to put on some fancy talk together. No. I'm here to tell you, listen, I'm walking through this life just like you are. And here's how I know, here's what's proven to work in the word of God. How do I get through forgiveness? These are the steps that work. I know because I've done it. This is not some, some thing that I just threw together and, hey, that would be a cute little thought. This is a cute idea. Let me try this one out. Let's test this out and see if this works. No, we know that it works because Christ did it first. He died for us on the cross. He paid for our sins so that we can have life eternal and life abundantly. Amen. Amen. He did it for us first. It ain't easy. It ain't easy. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Here's the last thing I want to leave us with. It says in James chapter 3, verses 17 to 18, it says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. And that's what I want for us today. I want us to sow in peace so that we can reap a harvest of righteousness, a harvest of good things that Jesus has for us. And how do I sow in peace? How do I become a peacemaker? You forgive. You forgive. You give freely because you are freely given to. And if you're here this morning and you would say, listen, I, I'm in the same boat. I'm in that same place. I'm where you are. I've got unforgiveness harbored in my heart, but I don't want to stay there anymore. I want to take these steps that are laid out in the word of God. I understand that forgiveness is not admitting surrender or defeat. Forgiveness is for me, not for them. I understand that I'm getting a new perspective that it's not them, it's not the flesh and blood that I'm warring against, it's the enemy. It's Satan. 
It's the spiritual batters that, that I can't see that we're warring. It's not against those people. I'm gaining a new perspective. And then lastly today, I'm deciding to forgive, not as an event, but as a mentality, as a mindset, a daily thing. And if you want to do that this morning, first, I believe that, that we've got to do it in our heart. We've got to make a decision in our heart, and then we can take action. And if you're here this morning and you say, I want to do that, I want to, I want to forgive today. I want to forgive in my heart. Would you just slip up your hand? If you want to do that, amen, 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 amen. God's got freedom for each and every one of you today. You're going to experience freedom like you never have before. And it's got to start this morning. It's got to start this morning. You can put your hand down. Maybe you're here today and, and, and you would say, listen, I heard you talking about that, that man, that guy that, that, that forgave me first, that died on the cross for, for my sins. I heard you talking about that, and, and I want that forgiveness. Listen, he already gave it to us. All, the, all we have to do is receive it. Okay, and we're going to have that opportunity this morning. All you've got to do is receive what Christ already gave you. It's a free gift. You've got to do nothing but receive it. And we're going to have an opportunity to do that this morning. And so if you want that forgiveness from Jesus Christ, would you just slip up your hand? If you want to receive that free, amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Praise God. Really quick, there's going to be a verse that we have up on the screen behind me. And what I want you to do is, is read this. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's all you got to do this morning. That's all you got to do. So would you just pray with me? Just, just say these words right here. Go ahead and throw that back up on the screen so we can see that. Just say these words. I declare with my mouth, Jesus, that you are Lord, and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, and I am saved today. You are my Lord and Savior. I receive the forgiveness that you've given me. Amen. Can you celebrate these people who've walked into new life this morning? Amen. Come on. Come on. Man, I am so excited for you. I am so excited for you because you've got a new life. You've got a new start today. And all you had to do was receive it. Now in turn, now in turn, how you freely received, it's your turn to freely give. If you're dealing with it today, freely give the forgiveness. If you're not dealing with it today, I know you will. Make sure you take these notes home with you. And when you face that, go and open them up and, and walk through how, I, how, how to do this again. How do I forgive? These are the things that you walk through. Now lastly, those who raise your hands first for wanting to forgive in your heart. I just want to pray over you this morning. And as I pray, decide in your heart that you're going to forgive. As we walk through this prayer, decide in your heart that you're going to forgive. And then when we leave this place, go and do it. It doesn't matter the method that you choose. If you choose to email them, great. If you choose to call them on the phone, great. If you choose to talk to them face-to-face -face in person, great. Just do it. Just do it. You have to do it. And you don't have to go into detail. I didn't mention that to you yet. You don't have to go into detail. All you have to do is say, I forgive you. I'm, this is a me issue. I forgive you. It's not necessarily for you. I'm doing this for me. I forgive you. And I guarantee you it's going to change that person just as much as it's, it's, it's going to change you. It's going to change them. It's going to leave an imprint on them because you're being like Christ. 
you're being like Christ. So let's pray this morning. God, we thank you, Jesus, that you first forgave us. Lord, we thank you that you died on the cross and paid a debt that we couldn't, you, you, you paid it all and we couldn't even come close to paying that. And we thank you, Jesus, for what you did for us. And because you've done that, God, we choose to forgive others freely because we freely received. We're choosing to forgive them. I understand that, that forgiving them is not admitting surrender or defeat. I'm not admitting that they're right, that this forgiveness is for me. It's not for them. I understand uh, I'm gaining a new perspective. This is not against the flesh and blood. This is against the spirits that, that I can only handle through prayer, through spiritual warfare. And God, you're going to fight on my behalf. And, and, and lastly, I'm going to forgive. And this is not just going to be an event today. This is going to be a daily thing. It's going to be a mindset, a mentality that I'm going to do over and over and over. When I wake up in the morning, I'm going to say, I forgive them in Jesus' name, like you forgave me, Jesus. Lord, we thank you today for what you've done. We thank you for the new life that we found, for the freedom that we found. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, can you give them praise this morning? Amen. 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 Listen, if, you, if, if you've stepped into new life today, if you accepted Jesus as your Savior this morning, we're going to have our pastors, Pastor Greg and Pastor Isaiah, we're, they're going to be right over here at the entrance by this table. And we just want to say hello to you. We want to meet you just for a minute. We've got a Bible to give you. And if you have any questions for us, feel free to ask us. Just do that on your way out. And then this week, make sure you get plugged into a power group. If you've not gotten involved in one yet, make sure you step by the connection bar on your way out. One of our hosts will be happy to help you and get you plugged in. So we'll see you, if not in power groups, then we'll see you again next week. Amen? Amen. Have a great rest of your week. We love you.